0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station.
1: So, I want to begin here today the conversation uh, about combating smoking and the role that harm reduction can have in reducing smoking rates. And certainly, I think something we're seeing right now the availability of e cigarettes and the option that smokers have for a a different delivery device, a device rather, to still. I suppose, get that nicotine that they're dependent on or even addicted to, but something that's a lot less harmful than than cigarette smoking. Now, we have uh, weaving its way through in Ottawa amendments to the Tobacco Act to regulate so-called vaping products. Joining us in studio to talk a bit more about where things stand uh, and the impact that e-cigarettes are having. Please to welcome to the program David Sweener is an adjunct professor the Faculty of Law at the University of Ottawa uh, a well known expert on tobacco policy and public health. Uh, David, thanks so much for coming in here today. Great it's, to have you with us. Yeah, gr- great, great to uh, be talking to you again. It's
0: fantastic to uh, be here in studio.
1: Well, let's talk about the you know the positive side of this debate because when you look at the numbers, we are still having tremendous progress in in reducing smoking rates in Canada. Where,
0: where do we stand
1: as you understand it?
0: Well, I mean it's 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 hard actually to know with the, um, the the numbers we get that telling us what prevalence of smoking we we have in Canada, but we definitely knocked it down below 20%. We may be in the range of 15%, but we just we know there's a lot of uh, people who smoke who don't answer surveys. Yeah. But this is massively reduced compared to where it was when I got started working in this area in the early 1980s. Uh, We've seen cigarette consumption, the the total number of units sold, which is easier to measure, falling precipitously, uh, certainly through the 80s, early 90s. It leveled off for a while, and it started to fall again quite
1: rapidly now. Obviously, a lot of different factors have played into that, and we have a lot of different policies in Canada aimed at discouraging smoking and trying to help people quit smoking. What's your view on the role that that vaping products and e-cigarettes have played?
0: Well, I mean, there, there are relatively recent things, so it's only the last few years. Mm-hmm. But you know, what we're seeing now in Canada is it, and it's being replicated in other countries. It, it seems pretty dramatic. You know, the, My experience in being involved in this stuff for over a third of a century is that cigarette consumption doesn't just sort of magically fall. There's always some reason for it. Uh, so there'd be a big tax increase or maybe yeah. smoke-free uh, spaces or something like that. Recently, we, the only really different thing we've seen is the availability of things like vaping. And we're seeing the the prevalence of smoking having been level for a while, starting to fall quite quite rapidly based on you know self report but we also see the the sales figures so we just had some come out yesterday for the world's largest cigarette company reporting its quarterly results and giving a country by country breakdown and saying. In Canada, total cigarette sales the first quarter of this year were down by over 12%. Wow. Now, they said you have to adjust for some things like trade uh, inventory loading and you know differences in shipment dates and whatever. And they say, once we do all of that, it looks like total sales are down about 8.8% compared to the uh, previous year. That's huge. I mean, usually, it, if, if you see anything that reduces cigarette consumption by 4 or 5% in a year, that's great. But essentially, one-twelfth of of the, the whole cigarette uh, business disappeared compared to a year earlier. Uh, and I think a, a very large part of that is because smokers are getting what they want. They've been saying mm-hmm. for an awful long time, I wish I didn't smoke. Uh, oh. We know smoking is addictive. It's the nicotine that they're smoking for. It's the smoke that's killing them. Give them their nicotine in a way that doesn't involve smoke. You solve the problem. Ever more smokers seem to be moving to these things. As you can see when you look at the number of vape shops and the number of people we oh, know yeah. who have taken up vaping, and we seem to be on the verge of or already uh, well on our way to a public health breakthrough it's a matter of can we facilitate that or are we going to have policy that's obstructing it out of some some fear of uh, what might go wrong rather than grasping at what might go right
1: well there there are a lot of fears and and i think there are those who who almost see it as we're trading one problem for another but is that the wrong way to look at it indeed i mean the
0: uh we have to decide what's the goal. And in public health, the goal is how do we reduce death, injury, and disease? Uh, and cigarette smoking is an amazing cause of death and disease. It's about 100 Canadians die daily as a result of cigarette smoking. It's by far and away our leading cause of preventable death. And it's because of the smoke. You know, it isn't the, the nicotine. So you can think of. You know, cigarettes is, is the vehicle for, for delivering something people want. It'd be sort of like if the only way we could get caffeine was from highly radioactive coffee or by smoking tea leaves. You know, yeah. it would be the delivery system that would be killing us. It isn't the caffeine. Uh, if people can move off combustion-based delivery, get away from sucking smoke deep into their lungs on an ongoing basis uh, in order to get the nicotine, we've largely solved the problem.
1: Right. I, it, look, I think if every smoker today switched to to e-cigarettes tomorrow, that would be a tremendous yeah. public health achievement. That's not to say that e-cigarettes aren't without risk. Yeah, but it's it's a totally different beast.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've at uh, prestigious bodies like the Royal College of Physicians in the UK, probably the most prestigious uh, medical body in the world. They did a major report last year where they. Uh, said are, their best estimate is that switching to vaping to, to e-cigarettes is likely to reduce risk by at least 95% compared to cigarettes. Yeah. I mean it, it's enormous. And if you consider what we did with automobile safety. We've reduced the the death rate by just over 80% since the time I was a teenager, which unfortunately is some number of years ago now, <laughs> but but that's huge. And mm-hmm. And, and we know it for, for the number of people who are listening to this program right now who know they're only alive because of auto safety. Yeah. You know, the accidents they had that would have killed them had, had they had the same accident back in the, in the 60s or 70s. We can do this. You know, we, we've seen it in changing to sanitary food manufacturing. That was harm reduction. You know, we've seen it in industrial equipment. You know, you go back to the late 1800s. One out of five industrial workers was injured or killed on the job every year, you know. We've, we have massively safer workplaces. That's harm reduction. We can do that here dramatically. And there would still be risks. Like there's still risks in, in, in going to work. There's still risks in driving a car. Uh, there's still risks in, in eating food. It's just we can reduce it. And if we can reduce it, I think we should reduce it. And, and here the reduction is just massive. If we can just facilitate people getting off combustion, give them realistic yeah. choices.
1: So when it comes to, you know, take me for example, I, I, I don't t- take nicotine in any form. I don't mm-hmm. smoke, don't vape. Uh, you would probably not advise me to take up these cigarettes. I'm, I'm not missing out on anything
0: by not having a regular dose of nicotine. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be the same, uh, Rob, if, if we found some land where people were getting their caffeine by smoking tea leaves. to say, we might not encourage anybody else to take up tea, uh, tea drinking, but we would certainly want to get people who are smoking yeah. the tea leaves to switch. We see it the same with... You know, and and some of the areas that are also still controversial, such as drug harm reduction, if somebody's sticking a needle in their arm, that's not a good thing to do. Right. If you're sticking in a needle that uh, is going to deliver fentanyl, if you're sticking in a needle that's that's, uh, going to give you HIV or hepatitis, that's an even bigger problem. You know, can we reduce the risk? for the people who are still going to engage in an activity. And, and the goal is really keep people alive long enough that you can intervene to further reduce the risk. To say, like, if, if you can get somebody to stop smoking then, and you can give them a less addictive form of nicotine, if your goal is to get them off nicotine, we can more effectively do that as well. Now, whether Bill S5, this government
1: legislation, strikes that balance between saying, you know, recognizing the potential benefit of this product but also trying to regulate it and, and discourage young people from taking up that habit too, do
0: you, do you think we're striking the right balance? No. Uh, I think the uh, I think the federal government uh, pr- probably has very good intentions on this, but they're, they're preoccupied with fear of what might go wrong. So if you look at the legislation, every component talks about what we have to do to restrict alternatives to cigarettes, to limit access to them, to limit the, the marketing of these products, to prevent any harm happening from these products. If we took the same approach to things like auto safety, to say, Well, gee, you know, seatbelts, we got to make sure nobody gets trapped in them. We have to make sure they're not uncomfortable. We, you know, what if somebody was caught on the train tracks and they had a seatbelt on and it got jammed? Well, we would never get auto safety. We have to look at risks and benefits. And this law doesn't do that. It's only looking at what might go wrong in replacing cigarettes rather than focusing on the fact you know as i said earlier a hundred deaths a day in canada close to forty thousand deaths a year as a direct result of cigarette smoking most of the the vast majority of those smokers are saying i wish i wasn't doing this you know i don't want to die i don't want to stink i don't want it to cost so much money we can give them products that are massively less hazardous that are way less expensive that don't cause them to stink i'm um, why wouldn't we facilitate that to look at let's do that if we find problems you know if you find that you young people are taking up a product like that there are things we can do about it there's reasonable limitations we can have but for heaven's sakes don't limit the access of smokers to products that can save their lives well there's been an abundance of research there's ongoing research
1: there's clearly an interest in in studying this but a lot of people have pointed out that we don't know the long-term effects. We don't, there's a lot we don't know about maybe some of the chemicals that might be in certain e-cigarette products. So that speaks to a need to study it further, maybe even a need to to regulate ingredients and that side of it too. So uh, how do we proceed on that track with, as you say, though, acting
0: in the short term? Sure. Uh, well, I, I think there's the difference between having absolute uncertainty that, uh, uh, of what's going to happen and having some question about the magnitude of the change that's going to happen. So, It isn't as if, when we understand the basic physics, chemistry, human physiology involved, that's why groups like the Royal College of Physicians, Public Health England, other groups that have studied this, uh, the uh, the Truth Initiative in the UK, or in the US, can say these products are almost certainly to be massively less hazardous than smoking. So it's really like saying, we've never done research to find out if people jumping out of an airplane are truly safer using a parachute. (laughs) Uh, but we know enough basic science to say everything we know tells us it's, it's going to be a lot safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still going to be risks. It's going to be a lot safer. Does it mean we, you know, we, we we would continue to do research to try to find out? But for w- the idea of saying until we're absolutely sure that the reduction in risk is, say, 99% rather than 98.5%, we better not offer this to consumers. You know, we introduce products into the market All the time, where we're not exactly sure what it's going to do, we monitor it. You know, we we take uh, steps to reduce any risks as they come along, and we usually try to encourage innovation, to say, let's try to get ever better products that meet the needs of ever more consumers. Look,
1: you've been involved in this for, for decades. Uh certainly there there's still that divide within the anti-smoking community. Groups have been fighting yeah. against smoking for years. I think a lot of folks see it your way. Others see this as kind of the, the new tobacco and they're just as opposed to it as as the real thing. So does that divide still persist?
0: Yeah, I, I it it does, and I think it will, because we we've seen it on so many other issues. There there's a division between people who could be called absolutists and people who could be called pragmatists on on anything. Uh, you know, if you really wanted to uh, to reduce automobile uh, injuries and death, you, you could simply try to ban people from ever driving an automobile. That would be an absolutist approach. Uh, we tried that on alcohol. Uh, people have tried it on uh, what became illicit drugs. Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, the pragmatic approach is saying you work with consumers. You reduce risk as much as you can. Uh and sure, you you might not like what some people are doing, but the, the goal of public health is to reduce the death and disease. So pragmatic steps to reduce the death and disease is the way to go. And we will always have colleagues who are absolutists. They see it as smoking or nicotine as a sin or any capitalism as a problem. Uh, they eventually get left behind. That's happened on, on so many of these other issues. Okay. People used to have the same attitude toward uh, manufactured foodstuffs. Uh, they certainly had it on alcohol.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, going forward then, if smart regulation is the goal, how should the government amend or change in some way Bill S-5?
0: Well, they would actually probably do very well by abandoning it and starting again from first principles. Uh, What they try to do is graft uh, legislation dealing with alternatives to smoking onto legislation dealing with smoking. And as the um, uh, health standing committee that uh, initially looked at this issue uh, a couple of years ago said... It it should be separate legislation, uh, you know that if you're coming out with an alternative product, how do you regulate it? You don't regulate it the same as what you're dealing with now. This is really like saying if if somebody who has a serious alcohol problem manages to deal with their alcohol abuse by taking up running instead, and they become a really good marathon runner, for heaven's sakes, we better tax running shoes the way we tax alcohol, and we better <laughs> limit the sale of running shoes and running gear to sh- you know shops like alcohol uh, shops. Because, like, he's just replacing one thing with another. No, I mean, the the goal is to say we're trying to have a healthier population. We're trying to reduce death and disease. We're trying to facilitate consumers making better decisions. How do we facilitate that? How do we balance risks and benefits, and how do we see where this market's going? We're getting lots of new products coming out, many of which are probably even better than the current vaping products, more acceptable. We're seeing huge uptake of a heat-not-burn product in Japan that uh, Japan Tobacco just announced today that they think within by the end of this year, these heat-not-burn products will have taken over 17% of the cigarette market. Uh, I mean, it's an amazing uptake in just two years. How do we build legislation about you know in in the classic canadian thing where's the puck going rather than where it is now where yeah. where where can we move this as we get technology to work for us
1: well we certainly want that right if if we want smokers to switch to this product we want to make sure it's safe not just maybe what it is they're mm-hmm. inhaling but you know, whether it's going to blow up in their pocket too yeah. right
0: yeah. Uh, and it's very easy to have product standards. It's very mm-hmm. easy to have consumer information. I mean, I, I think a really important part of this, I mean, when you look at the the history of public health, many of our biggest breakthroughs are based on two really simple concepts. that One, you give people enough information to make an informed decision. And two, you give them the ability to act on it. And we haven't done either of those in, in yeah. this case. So let's have the products available. Let's facilitate ever better products. But let's start telling people the truth. Let's start telling them what we know. And don't couch it the way Health Canada has you know, to date and saying that vaping is likely less harmful. Because that's like saying that uh, walking down the stairs from a 10th floor uh, apartment is likely less harmful than jumping off the balcony. <laughs> well, I think that's a bit of an understatement. Yeah. And, and you know, standing on, on a subway platform rather than going down and hugging the third rail is likely less harmful. What we want to tell people is get rid of the combustion. When you get rid of the combustion, you're doing something that's almost certainly massively less harmful. Uh, it will save your life. It's, it's really like you know, telling somebody who's drowning, grabbing onto a life ring. You know, are you going to say it's likely a little safer <laughs> or do you say grab onto the right. life ring? It'll save your life. Exactly.
1: Well said. Well, we got to leave it there. David, uh, appreciate the insight as always. And thanks so much for coming in here today. Really great to be here. Right? Really enjoyed it. David Sweeney, uh, expert on tobacco policy and public health. He's also with the Faculty of Law, University of Ottawa. We're back with more right after this.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.